Hubhopper Originals. To start your podcast for free, log on to studio.hubhopper.com. This is his first ball. Through the gap on the offside. Listen to it. Hello and welcome to the Cricket News Podcast Season Time to let you know what we have installed for you in this week's podcast. Champion teams will be like them, don't we? We admire them. We have to because they are champions. And when they don't win, that is when we like to think why they didn't win. So essentially, when we talk about IPL, there is no other team that has made us use this word champion more than Mumbai Indians, the five-time champions. But they had a difficult season this year and so we decided it would be fantastic and insightful for all of us to have some idea about what went behind the scenes in this tough season and what went behind the scenes in the previous good ones. And so we were joined by the Mumbai Indians fielding coach, James Pam. And we talked about a lot. Lot about Mumbai Indians, lot about fielding and different aspects of it, and also some of the secrets from the MI camp that you would want to know. So I'm not going to give all of that in the intro. It's time for us to begin the episode talking Mumbai Indians and fielding with James Pamin. Welcome, Commander James. We are honored to have you on board. How's it going? How have you been? Yeah, look, good. Thank you. Uh, it's a pleasure to, to be able to join you, Rahul, and, uh, and obviously have a chat about things that have just transpired and, and perhaps look at what might happen in the near future. Yeah, definitely. But, but first things first, it's some time to be called Commander James, isn't it? Just, just, just please tell me that you and the Bond in the MI family had some sort of conversation around this recently as to who'd be the better 007. <laughs> Look, I, it's, it's not a self-titled uh, moniker that I've got. I, I certainly didn't give the Commander title to yeah. myself. So it was bestowed on me a couple of years ago by uh, Surya Kumayadav, who was, I guess, taken with my enthusiasm and my loud voice and, uh, and, and I guess, my, uh, my body language in general when we were at training. So he must have felt yeah. that I was very Commander-like, and it, it certainly stuck. So it's, I guess it's become a little bit of a figure of fun, but uh, behind all the bravado, there's, there's a little bit of a message there around the energy and... And I guess the enthusiasm that's required, you know, for me in my role as the fielding coach. So Definitely. certainly myself and Shane Bond, we, we haven't discussed who would be the better Bond. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm happy with uh, how the boys can get a little bit of fun out of, you know, what has been, I guess, something that they've stuck with me. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's a great uh, backstory uh, for those of our viewers who haven't tuned into the last episode when James was on the Cricket News podcast, season one, that is. Please do. There's a nice bit of explainer there from the man himself as to how he got that designation. But, but there's, there, uh, there's been another question that's been bugging me for some time now. Just before Mumbai's game against Rajasthan, 13th of the season, we saw images of you giving 
the very commander like speech to the boys and what <laughs> followed what followed after that we saw them absolutely do a job on the opposition and even in the next game they got a big big win now it is wednesday now james as we record this episode and uh, this will be released friday if one of our listeners or viewers are unfortunate enough to not have a weekend off they might need all the inspiration in the world so can you tell us <laughs> what was it exactly that you said to the boys before the game that day uh oh yeah a, a little bit look I, you know i i take great uh, i guess pleasure in my life and reading about physical endeavors that you know individuals and collective groups have done over the years and i was just trying to remind the guys of some of the amazing things that they'd done uh previously i mean this group predominantly has been together now for four seasons uh we've obviously had some guys who've come in this year and the year before but predominantly you know we've we've done some amazing things during that time and i was just reminding them along those lines that you know get back to you know what you valued in terms of a group in terms of individuals and uh, and also just shared a little story about some human endeavor that i'd read about that i thought was inspirational and and just went a little bit into that and and it, yeah whether it struck a chord or not i'm not sure but uh, it certainly put a smile on their faces and and unfortunately in, in many games this year we we haven't had a smile on our face because things haven't been going our way so I'm not sure if it had any bearing on the last two results. There were significant performances for us, but uh, I guess it just broke the ice a little bit before that what game, which was incredibly important for us. You know, it was it was basically going to determine whether we were still alive moving into the last game. And and while our uh, performances weren't good enough in the end, we're just missing out on run rate. That uh, you know, it was nice to see a smile on their face and them skip into their warm ups with uh, a little bit of renewed vigor. yeah yeah definitely and and it it surely worked the captain as well after the game said it was this was great to have someone like you in the team and uh, you know that that speech surely would have worked in their favor but talking about the season as you rightly uh, said it's it's only natural to you know in sport to have the highs and the lows and it was good to see uh, amongst the fans that i know and in the social circle uh, that they took it that way as a coach though someone who has been with the players around the season who has gauged the atmosphere around the team uh, now that the season has come to a close have you had time to sit back and reflect on the things you know what have been your observations about everything that transpired in the recent past yeah i mean obviously as you identify there it is our role as as coaches as leaders to be constantly reflecting and and providing information or direction or clarity for players as we travel through the competition obviously a very unique competition this year with it being you know divided into two specific parts because of obviously the major outbreak and in may so yeah very very unique and very very challenging for everybody involved you know whether it's an administrator whether it's a coach whether it's a player in terms of you know the bubble lives that everybody have existed in over the last couple of years now really yeah. uh, are really challenging and 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 while we are extremely fortunate to be well looked after whether you're playing international cricket or whether you're playing franchise cricket you know we we are extremely well looked after but the challenge of not getting away from the game 
it's significant you know you, you get to go back to your hotel room and you know you do that repeatedly for for months on end rather than days on end in these bubble yeah. environments so you know so that's a that's a big challenge for players and and staff and administrators all alike but uh we're in the process now of reflecting individually on on our core roles in terms of the coaches and then collectively we'll you know we'll we'll come up with some i guess some real clarity around why the season didn't go as as we would have liked it, you know, and I'm sure every other franchise is doing that. And we do that whether we're successful or, or whether we're feeling a little bit of disappointment, which, which ultimately we are because, you know, we, uh, we want to win. Everybody wants to win. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll nut through that and, and we'll work out, you know, I guess how we can do things better moving into the future for those that are still involved going forward. But uh, for us, it was just a little lack of consistency. Uh, if you look at, I guess, the the nature of the surfaces that we played on initially or over in Chennai, you know, we didn't we didn't adapt. I guess the we've got some fantastic players within our group with amazing skill sets, but you still need to adapt and adjust to the surfaces and, and the opposition. And, and, and we certainly spoke and honestly as a group that we, we didn't do that with the accuracy that we would have liked. And and only having two wins coming out of those five fixtures is not a great foundation for your season, but we felt we bounced back really well. Uh, yeah. The boys took it upon themselves, especially the batting group. They took it upon themselves to, you know, to be planning with more accuracy and just have a little bit more self-responsibility once we got to Delhi. And we put up two very good performances in Delhi to beat RR and beat CSK in that thriller yeah. when, you know, Paul Polly pulled something special, which he yeah. can do. You know, we almost take it for granted at times that, you know, Polly will rescue us, but that was very special. But we felt we got a bit of momentum, and then quite rightly so, you know, the the season was curtailed with with the significant outbreak, and and then it was a little bit of a period of uncertainty in terms of will it be uh, resumed, and where will it be resumed, and what will that look like. So, you know, once we had that clarity of where it was going to be, then it was a matter of trying to make sure we were organised and. One of the challenges for us, and like I keep saying, I'm very respectful that everybody has challenges, every group has challenges, is that, you know, we do have quite a number of significant uh, players involved in teams that were consistently playing throughout that period. You know, so whether it was Quinton in Ireland and then uh, Sri Lanka, whether it was Boom and Rowett over in England playing Test cricket, you know, we've had the Kiwis playing in the World Test Championship and then they had a little break. So predominantly all our significant players were involved in in periods of cricket. You know, we had the Pangeo boys who went over to Sri Lanka and had to sit around for a long period of time without, you know, playing a lot of cricket. And then Cronulla himself got... COVID. So there's a lot of underlying things which probably didn't allow us then once we got back together, you know, to have the freshness and the vigour that we needed to hit the ground running once we got into the UAE. And I think you look at KKR and with the the vigour and the freshness that they have uh, attacked this second half, you know, quite rightly, you know, they've progressed. And I, I think they they're a good bet to get to the final, I think, as well, because they just seem to have a little bit more freshness about them. And and we struggled initially and we lost those first three. And once we'd lost those first three in the UAE, it was once again a little bit tough to come back. But to the credit of our group, you know, they dug deep and I think we won four, three of the last four and gave ourselves a chance. But 
because of some of the disappointing losses we had, we were we were down on run right. So to miss out on run right is frustrating. But when you reflect, if you only win seven out of 14, then you put yourself in that position. And, and that's what we did. So it's disappointing, but lots of lots of learning individually and, and, and lots of obviously good things happened as well throughout the tournament for us. Yeah, yeah, those are really, really good observations, James. And uh, and I, thank you. But we know you are Mumbai Indians, very much capable of making that comeback. But one of the other things that we have noticed consistently is that there is this feeling of pride among every Mumbai Indians fan. You know, the Paltan, as you all call it. It's it's not just about having a team of Galacticos, these superstars, but even in the management team. Uh, there's, there's quite the star cast. I mean, I remember watching an image of you all during the season and going, wow, that is some <laughs> unit to be a part of. How does that yeah. weigh in on your shoulders as a team, as an individual, to be part of this franchisee, this setup, which is always expected to go out there and win and nothing else? Yeah, I, I don't think we carry that burden of expectation, really. I think the only expectation is that we, we consistently try our best to, you know, to perform to a, to a high level because 2020 cricket, especially in IPL, the games are fine margins and, and it doesn't matter to a certain extent if, you know, you have the perceived best management group or, or an inexperienced management group. Ultimately, it's about the players who are stepping out onto the field you know, to perform. Uh, and sometimes having too many cooks can yeah. spoil your broth. So, you know, we, we try and all make sure that we're focusing on our core business. Um, and I think if you generate and look at the history, I guess, of, of MI over the years, uh, certainly the first few years, they were very lean in terms of winning competitions. So, you know, they, they learned the hard way. Uh, yeah. The managers and, and the owners of the franchise, you know, they learn some lessons early and uh, and they know how to run a very good franchise. It's a very supportive franchise. You know, I've been involved for four years now and always feel very supportive, you know, in my role. And, and nothing's less unturned in terms of what you need to try and perform your level at the highest degree. So, yeah, I think it's it's not really a burden. Uh, we've we've forged this period of success over a number of years, and and it's exciting more than anything. Uh, and and you know the fans, I guess, and, and like you say, you know, you, you look at social media at times, and you you look at general media and, and see how they're reflecting, and you know they reflect with great support generally, yeah. rather than huge disappointment. And that's because they probably got that balance of. You know, they can recall the good times that they've been served up and, and not get yeah. uh, too disappointed by, you know, when things don't quite go well. You know, we had a season in 2018 where we finished fifth and just missed out on the playoffs. Uh, we've had two incredible seasons where we've, we've won it. Uh, yeah. 2019, I guess you would say it was a finer margin than 2020 with obviously yeah. Marley, Marley performing that incredible act on the last ball to beat CSK. But last year we were extremely dominant, you know, things. And you do have seasons like that at times, you know. Uh, you know, who would have thought, you know, if you watch the English Premier League and your listeners and your viewers watch the English Premier League, who would have thought that, you know, Liverpool would fall away last year? Yeah. Having watched the two previous seasons, you know, and Manchester City the same, you know, teams can be so dominant, but other teams have the right to improve. Other teams have the right to change their structure and, I guess, change their approach slightly. And, 
and that all comes along and challenges you. And if you're not quite at the top of your game, then you do run the risk of, uh, you know, not winning as many games as what you like to. And, and we don't take that as a burden. It's for me, it's very exciting. I, I work with individuals and try and prove them, improve them one-on-one. And, and ultimately that will try and, you know, improve the team uh, in my specific role. But uh, yeah, it, it's all about the players and, and trying to create that environment for them where they can learn and they can improve and, and ultimately go out there and perform to the, the best of their ability. Yeah, yeah. Sounds very, very structured. And, you know, you did mention about uh, how your natural ability uh, as to, you know, fit into these situations wherein you create, you amp up things for the team as, as a fielding unit, as a unit itself. And, and what I think is that in, in, in our current game, when the margins are just getting shorter and shorter, a strong performance on field, you reminded me of the 2019 final, I'd say the 2017 final as well, two low-scoring fixtures. And Mumbai have done this on quite many occasions, you know, low-scoring fixtures, close fixtures. You know, the team has sort of become this machine or, you know, I would say an exact spitting image of my parents not giving me money when I asked for it and said that I had to earn it. You know, you've just said that to the opposition. We are not going to give you runs. You're going to have to earn it. So, you know, how yeah. much of it does does go behind going into the practice sessions when you simulate those situations? Or is it just something, you know, which happens naturally when the team is in such situations in the game? How much of that do yeah. you preempt in the training sessions? Yeah, look, we, we have some core principles, I guess, that we work towards. Uh, from, from my background working in New Zealand with New Zealand cricketing athletes, we work a lot harder on our field and collectively than what we have done in the seasons that I've been involved in the IPL. I understand why, you know, the, the management of players energy levels is, is really important. But, you know, if you guess, if you take a a typical New Zealand fielder, uh, cricket infielder, and you take the typical Indian or, you know, Pakistani or Sri Lankan, predominantly they come from a base of more bat ball skills. You know, predominantly as a youth, as they've come through the grades, they've worked extremely hard on their bat ball skills, but not their yeah. fielding. Mm-hmm. So athletically, and I guess instinctively, you know, the, the levels are a little bit lower. So I have to tailor my sessions to the players that I'm working with, and not only the to technical skills, but also the aptitude and the mentality towards fielding as well. So it's important. So I also fall in line to what the head coach wants from me as well. You know, I just don't get to do whatever I want to do. I have to fall into the greater plan that the the head coach has in place, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, and then find that balance and and work with individuals on improving them technically, help to develop, I guess, a tactical appreciation and a role and responsibility outline so that they know where they need to be and where they at what stage of the game they need to be, and then work on the skills that they need to do that job extremely uh, uh, to the best of their ability, I guess. Uh, yeah. So that, that you know, that is, a, it's a time-precious environment, is IPL, because you don't get that long in terms of outlining a plan and then delivering it over an extended period. So you have to be very precise with how you yeah. go about that. But there's some real core values that we work towards, you know, and, and the main one is energy. So the main principle that the head coach wants from his fielding unit is energy at all stages of the 2020, uh, 
performance. He wants energy. So, you know, I have to try and make sure I get a strong message around what that looks like in different portions of the innings while we're out there on the park, whether it's in the power play initially through those middle phases where the game can just lull a little bit. Uh, we don't want the energy to drop. And then obviously we want to push ourselves into the back phase, the death phase, uh, from a position of strength rather than from a position of chasing the game. So, yeah, that's that's how we look at it. That's how we try and break it down. There's some real core values. And and, and I share a strong vision with with all the guys as they come into the, into the team and, and the ones that have been there over a four-year period now really understand that. And then we make sure we try and be really precise with the work that individuals are doing, not so much... Uh, I guess, a broad brush approach, try and get really specific with individuals around what they're likely to experience when they're on the park in those respective roles. Yeah. But uh, like I say, you know, I'd, I'd love to do more work with, with the groups that I have in front of me. Uh, yeah. I certainly could get a lot more collective improvement out of them, but I'm also very respectful that, you know, we have to manage bodies and we have to manage energy and, and try and make sure we peak at the right time. Well, time for a little break before we resume with all the cricket talk. But before that, the Cricket News Podcast Season 4 is proudly supported by Blitzboost, an app which lets you make the most of your cricket expert and cricket fantasy knowledge and ensures that you and your experience as a fan is never just restricted to watching the game. So, if you haven't already, do download the Blitzpools app right now like now yeah yeah but when when it does come to that situation when you do peak it looks like an orchestra and uh, speaking of orchestra one of the things that i've been a big enthusiast about in cricket and uh, this is not to flatter you just because you're on the episode but you know from from an analytical perspective as well. I think a lot has been spoken about batting and bowling in cricket. But in terms of fielding, it's a big thing in the big format of the game, uh, which is close in fielding, the setup inside the 30-yard circle. I know it's a big yeah. thing in test cricket, but even in T20s, when you see games such as the 2017 final or the 2019 final, when yeah. the game is in crunch situations, these climax somehow call for a lot of drama in that 30-yard circle. Yeah. Again, is it something that just happens with the flow of the game or is it in terms of the mentality that you, you try and imbibe in players? How much of that goes into the discussion before games such as yeah. these? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, you, you're spot on there, uh, Rahul, with your observation. And, and our work inside the ring is, is really important in, in all phases of the game. It's not just let's get through the power play. One of, yeah. one of the ways that we measure the energy in our group is how many singles do we give up in the initial power play. Uh, and we've improved that significantly uh, over the last two or three years. But I think a lot of the things that you're talking about there comes down to the collective intelligence of the leaders within the group. The guys who know what's happening next, you know, so they've got a fair understanding. They know what their bowlers trying to achieve. They've got a little bit of an insight into perhaps what the batsman does at certain stages. And then it's making sure you use that collective intelligence to be one step ahead. 
And and when you've got experienced players who've been around the block a few times and and they can do that, so whether it's Captain Rowett or whether it's Polly or you know somebody like Hardick's now started to play a number of games and understand that. Certainly, previous to to my involvement, I used to watch Mumbai from afar and was really impressed with Parthit Patel and just how smart he was and how he used to manipulate things from his yeah. position behind the stumps, you know. Yeah. And I think if you've got a wicketkeeper of that ilk, your team is in a significantly stronger position. You can have a great captain, and most of these teams have got very good captains and very good senior players. But for me, the wicketkeeper is such an important part of your fielding effort in terms of how you do those little things that you talked about there and, and save key runs. And ultimately, when you talk about the 2017 final, you talk about the 2019 final, comes down to fine margins. If you've been doing that yeah. really well, and, you know, we'll, we'll mention the name MS Downey and how he's been doing it over the years. There's yeah. no mistake why that team has been so good because the leader who stands behind the stumps and sees everything is like the conductor of the orchestra, like you rightly say, and, you know, and it's worth its weight in gold. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. So probably a lot of CSK fans will be fanboying at you right now, <laughs> talking about <laughs> CSK as well. But, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, we, we talk about IPL dynasties and dynasties, I think is the right word to use for Chennai as well as Mumbai. You know, both these franchises have been, in terms of hammer and tong- going in terms of hammer and tongs upon each other, but you guys have just created history. Uh, I mean, if we, if we just talk about this auction cycle, what you have been able to achieve with the team this season, it's remarkable. And it's something that, you know, people all around the world, it's not just in India, everyone uh, who knows cricket around the world has appreciated what Mumbai Indians has done as a team. But going forward, it's going to be a different thing. It's, it's going to be a new team com- coming in, a new auction cycle, uh, you know, if, if, you, if you are to just sum your journey up till this auction cycle with this group, how would you do that? And what are your expectations now with a new cycle coming in? Yeah, look, I came in at the start of this cycle. So I came in in 2018 and, and, and obviously walked into the, the Netflix documentary called Cricket Fever we had in, yeah. in 2018, which, you know, I'm sure gave a great insight to people, as you quite rightly say, around the world of, yeah. of being captivated and interested in not only Mumbai Indians, but the battle, I guess, with CSK and how these two teams, I think, I think dynasty is a, a strong word in terms of, you know, I think about dynasty, I think about, you know, the Ming dynasty in China or the Romans or something like that. <laughs> I think we've, we've had two teams who've had periods of dominance over, over a number of years. I, I yeah. wouldn't quite use the word dynasty, but you, you can, you know, you're allowed to, to do that. But uh, yeah, yeah it, it, look, it's been, it's been an amazing journey uh, with these players. And a number of these players have obviously been involved Previously, you know, going back to 2013 and, you know, with Wright starting off and with Polly being there at that stage, you know. Yeah. So you've had those guys who've been the constants all the way through and and they are exemplary leaders, you know. They're, they're not only very good cricket players, but as, as individuals, they're good men. They're very supportive of their colleagues, you know, and, and they say so they're challenging of their colleagues, but they, they know how to help people to feel comfortable to learn and grow and, and get better. Uh, yeah. So they've been the constants right throughout. And then, you know, they sort of set the standards and 
And we, we did, I guess, from Mumbai's perspective, have a disappointing 2018, having won it in 2017. Yeah. Uh, but we, we bounced back. And while we had a slowish start in 2019, we certainly found our mojo. And we found our mojo with, with the development of some good young players. So one of the things that is quite close to my heart is the development of individuals and especially young individuals. I, I come from a strong development background in New Zealand and was very fortunate to work with a, a very good group of young players who've gone on to become the core of what's been a very successful New Zealand team in recent yeah. years. And to say through a four-year cycle that you've won two championships, but we've also promoted six or seven players into the Indian team at different yeah. formats throughout that time as well is very rewarding. And I know that the franchise take uh, a significant amount of pleasure in doing that. You know, and certainly Mr. Mukesh Ambani spoke to us last year and, and said it was probably number one for him in terms yeah. of what we've achieved over that time was the promotion of players to the Indian team. I think his son and his wife probably disagree with him a little bit. I think they'd rather have the IPL titles, but uh, yeah. you know, be, between them, they like I say, they've they've got some shared values and some shared goals around developing players and winning titles alongside each other, and yeah, uh, yeah it's something that I'm sure the franchise will continue to look to do in the future. Uh, they're they're very supportive of the young players, even the young players, and you see it significantly after games are finished. Young players who've been part of MI in previous seasons but are now part of other franchises, their affection towards MI is, is quite interesting to observe. So they, you know, they've obviously felt that they've been well supported, but it hadn't worked out for them there at MI either. They've been taken away by another franchise at an auction. But there all seems to be, you know, there always seems to be that genuine affection for the sort of support that they receive, which is which is good to see. And it's a nice pillar of I guess, foundation uh, for when you are, you know, including new players and if they know that they're going to be well looked after, well supported, that they can come to an environment and learn and grow. And if they stay, that's fantastic. But if they have to go, you know, they'll remember those times they were there with, uh, with good affection. Yeah. Spoken like a true coach there, James. Thanks, well, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's now time for rapid fire around a new addition that we have introduced to this season's podcast just a little bit fun questions to gauge your interests and your choices here but yeah let's start with brushing up a bit of memory there what's been your first cricket memory oh my first cricket memory was going along watching my father play uh, i was brought up in yorkshire uh, yorkshire obviously very passionate cricket environment, yeah. club cricket environment. And lots of cricket is played all around the villages and the towns of Yorkshire. My first, my first memory is going along, watching my father play. I can remember them winning. It was actually uh, an eight-a-side competition. I think I would have been about five or six. And, uh, and they won that competition. And we brought the cup home to our house. And I, don't, I think I slept with that cup for about <laughs> four or five days in a row, put it in my bed with me and... Yeah, I remember little things like that. The first time I ever got yeah. my own cricket bat, once again, put it in my bed with me and wouldn't let it go for days. So, yeah, yeah, those are my early, remember, early memories of cricket. Beautiful, beautiful memories then. So, yeah, your childhood cricket idol. My childhood cricket idol, probably two. Uh, 
initially been a, a strong, passionate Yorkshireman. It was Geoffrey Boycott. Uh, mm. Played for England, was a very resilient, very stoic yeah. opening batsman. But once I sort of started to chart my own course and, and develop my own playing style, then yeah. I was I was always motivated by watching Ian Botham and and also Viv Richards. So that, those, I guess, yeah. were my two real heroes. Once I took an appreciation for the game, but you know, Jeffrey yeah. Boycott was probably the standout. My my grandmother. She was a passionate Jeffrey Boycott supporter, and yeah. uh, I think she influenced me a little bit. But once I could start to make my own mind up, yeah. it was definitely Ian Botham and, and Viv Richards. I loved the way yeah. those two guys played the game. Yeah, quite the idols to have. Quite the idols to have. And uh, let's see how you. Well, I would want to know this. What's the last cricket game you watched on telly? The last cricket game I watched on the TV was the uh, T20 game the other night between KKR and uh, RCV. Well, I see you're doing your homework even after the season is done. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Well, I haven't been able to go home to New Zealand because of the border restrictions. So yeah. uh, we've got some border restrictions in New Zealand. So at the moment, yeah. I'm based in, in Mumbai. And uh, yeah, I've got to pass some time to time of day. Perhaps if I'd gone home to New Zealand once we'd been eliminated from the tournament, I might mm. not have watched any more IPL this season, but mm. because I'm here and, uh, you know, I'm looking for something to do, to be honest, uh, I actually sat down and enjoyed the game the other night with a single malt in my hand. Well, I can tell you, Mumbai is grateful for you to be in Mumbai and watch these games right now. They'll be very much grateful. All right. Here's a pick question. Who's your current favourite player? Uh, I, I love watching Kieran Pollard play. I, I think it's a real pleasure for me to be up close and personal watching Kieran Pollard play. He's a fine man in general. Yeah. And I just love the way he goes about his cricket. Uh, and, yeah, I consider myself very fortunate to be up close watching him play. I, I like the test format. So, you know, I love watching Kane Williamson bat in test matches. Very fortunate yeah. to have had a long association with Kane. We're from the same small area of New Zealand. And I also yeah. enjoy Joe Root batting as well. I think I think Joe Root's a, a fine player as well. And I really enjoy Joe Root when he's on form and, and playing in test match cricket. Yeah. And I've really enjoyed actually watching this Indian team play test cricket in, in recent times. Uh, I thought their performances in Australia were captivating last yeah. year and, and once again in England this year. Some of the performances were were just great to watch. You know, the, the energy and the enthusiasm that, that Virat brings to the group and, and the way they've in, integrated some of those young players and they've played with great freedom. And yeah. it, it's been good to watch, actually. And uh, yeah. I was glad that they didn't peak in the World Championship final down in Southampton. And, <laughs> and we, we got to take that home. But... Uh, I had to get that in tonight. But, uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed watching them play test cricket over the last little period. You just had to bring that in in this episode. We were going <laughs> so well, James. But you just had to bring that in. It's okay. Yeah. We'll take that. Okay, so for our audience right now, I'm going to try my best to get some Mumbai Indian secrets out from Commander James. All right, James. In, in <laughs> Thank you. In the MI squad, which player... Can we relate to most in terms of being late to the breakfast table? Well, to be honest, uh, we sit at the breakfast table. 
all the Kiwis and the Aussies are at the breakfast table, but you very rarely see any of the Indian players <laughs> at the breakfast table. It was amazing whether it was last year or the year before, just after Rohit had, uh, had, his, had his young daughter, uh, yeah. Sammy. Yeah. I've never, ever seen Rohit at the breakfast table. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> he appeared uh, with his wife and, and young baby Sammy at the breakfast table. So there's always a lot of laughter starts yeah. to occur. I'd never seen Bumra at the breakfast table until he got married. And I'd never seen Hardik at the breakfast table until he had his first child, Augusta. So yeah. you never see the Indian players at the breakfast table. I think they, they dine. They dine in uh, in their rooms, and I think they keep later hours than what we guys do, the Kiwis and the Aussies. Yeah. We, we obviously we like to get to bed at nine o'clock, ten o'clock, whereas I think the Indian boys stay up a little bit later, which they can do because obviously everything happens in the evening in terms of training and playing games of cricket. Yeah. But yeah, very rarely you see any of the Indian players at the breakfast table. Well, that's how we get disciplined here, you know, the boys in India. We, we have to get married to get disciplined because clearly it's, it's, it's tough to get a catch of us. But yeah, so yeah. now coming to the, the bit more studious part, who is the most first row student-like player in the squad? Uh, I think the person I probably have more conversations with the game about is probably Jasper. Uh, I think Jasper's a real student of the game. Yeah, he, he's definitely a student of his own development. He yeah. works very closely with Shane Bond around his own performance and his own development. But just in terms of general cricket conversations, yeah, I, I always enjoy talking to Jasper because he, he's always thinking about the game quite yeah. deeply, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is good to hear. Which player is the life of the party? We, we have quite a few uh, as per our observations yeah. in the MI squad, but who do you pick? Yeah, well, I mean, you, you don't have to look at Hardik really and how he dresses and how he tears yeah. himself to say that. And he is the life of the party. He's, he's a wonderful human being. It's, it's a real pleasure to have got to know him, actually. He's, you know, there's no ups and downs with Hardik. You know, this game of cricket can beat you up if you allow it to, but he's very consistent yeah. with his approach. Yeah, and he's he's very colourful with his appearance. So yeah. he's got a few followers, you know. He's definitely got a few followers who are trailing in his blaze, but uh, yeah. I don't think anybody's quite reached the heights in terms of that with uh, Hardik's definitely number one. Well, the Pandya brothers and Kyron Pollard do form an incredible trio in terms of the party on and off the field. But yeah, it's it's good to hear that. Which yeah. person in the coaching staff, okay, now, who is the life of the party in the coaching staff? Oh, that's cheap. Oh, that'll be, uh, who's the life? I'm not sure, actually. We're all pretty, uh, we're all pretty serious. We're all, you know. We're not say we're not intense, you know. We we are okay. reasonably laid back, but we're all we're all quite serious. Yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't seen too many of them let their hair down and you know and get too carried away. I'd probably have to say Zahir actually. He, he's probably he's probably yeah. the one who en- enjoys you know a few beverages at night and likes the yeah. game of poker and yeah. But he's probably the youngest amongst us as well. So I'll probably say Zahir. He's a good man. Yeah. Yeah, we've got quite a few secrets, quite a few good bits from you as far as the MI team is concerned. Well, now let's talk about some near future predictions. As we talk, two teams prepping up for a place in the final of this season's IPL. Which of the remaining three do you think can 
and do have the best chance to lift the trophy this season? Yeah, I think before the final started, I was fairly convinced that Delhi would win it. Uh, I thought that they learned some pretty harsh lessons from us last year. And oh. certainly when they certainly when they beat us in the round robin game at uh, Sharjah, yeah. I could see you know in the faces of some of their staff, especially that you know they were very contented and satisfied with what they'd done, and potentially they had knocked us out by beating us that day. And yeah. I just thought that they had all bases covered. You know, they played very well on the challenging surface that night to beat us. The way CSK uh, managed to get over the top of Delhi on Sunday evening would have given them great confidence, but also would have just dented the confidence a little bit of, of Delhi. Yeah. And it'll be a tough game this evening. So Wednesday night, obviously, KKR have played extremely well at Sharjah. I think they've won four games now at Sharjah. Uh, and they'll be a tough team to beat. So I still think Delhi have got the quality if they can deliver, you know, a performance that, you know, the situation especially and the surface will demand, yeah. then, you know, they can beat KKR. There's no doubt about that. But I, I just think that, yeah, KKR are slight favourites for me going into this game tonight because of their experiences at Sharjah. And I think yeah. if KKR do win tonight, then CSK will win the final if if Delhi do get back to go to Dubai on Friday, then I think it'll be a 50-50 game that will probably turn on one or two individual performances. Uh, yeah. And both teams have got that covered. So, yeah, it's it's a tough one. But if I was if I was using your money to put a bet on, which we're probably not allowed to do, I'd put it on CSK lifting the trophy on Friday night. Let me tell you, if you want to bet, I will give you all my money for this one. I would be all behind you on this bet. But yes, Let's see. Uh, yeah. As, as for another tournament coming after uh, the IPL, the T20 World Cup, big, yeah. big tournament. Uh, which two teams do you think will play the final this year? Yeah, that's yeah, it's an exciting tournament. Yeah, I think that's. That's open. There's there's a lot of quality players going to be playing in that competition with the respective teams that are here. Any number of teams can obviously go on and win it. I mean, even if you look at teams like Bangladesh and, and Afghanistan, in certain conditions, you know they could be a real tough team to beat. So yeah. it's an exciting tournament. Yeah, and, and we've waited a little while now for a T20 World Cup because of the pandemic and them being cancelled. So. Yeah, it's an exciting time, uh, especially on the back of an IPL. Some guys will be in form, you know. Some guys might have got themselves out of form, but uh, there's a bunch of international teams turning up in UAE that are, you know, ready to go. Exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly going to be exciting. Mega T20 season, as we have been calling it, and uh, should have a nice bit of finale there. But yeah, I think it's time for us to end this on a sweet, sweet note with you telling us what has your favorite memory been with the Mumbai Indians so far? Oh, I, th I think obviously you you probably go straight to the title winning and the, and the lifting of the trophy. But but for me, that I guess the sweetest memory will be that every time you win a game, you get a cake. And I love cake. So, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. probably the sweetest, sweetest memories I have from the four years that I've had with with MI is that, yeah, every time you win a game, you get a nice big cake and, uh, yeah, can't beat nice cake. I think that is the most literal and brilliant answer 
<laughs> that we can get. And I think that's that's yes, that, yes. that makes for a good headline as well. Sweet as a yeah. cake. That is good. <laughs> well, it's been a Too sweet kind. pleasure for us to have you in this episode. How do I put this right? I don't have a martini right now, but I would just pretend that I have it and raise it to you, Commander James. It's yeah. been a sweet pleasure for you to yeah. be with us here. Thank you so much for joining yeah. us. Always good. Always good to talk to you. Yeah. And, and obviously your passion for the game, you know, along with the many people around the country who love the game, it's, it's nice to be able to share my enthusiasm with you guys. So thank you for the opportunity and it's always good to connect. Thank you so much, James. And uh, well, that is it from us in this episode of the Cricket News Podcast. Stay tuned to Cricket News for more. We'll be back next week with another episode. इस हब हॉपर ओरिजिनल को सुनने के लिए आपका शुक्रिया अगर आप भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करना चाहते हैं तो हब हॉपर स्टूडियो वेबसाइट पे रजिस्टर करें और एक मिनट के अंदर अंदर अपना खुद का पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करें यही नहीं स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप्स में तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार जस्ट हॉप ऑन हब हॉपर सिंपली कॉन्टेंट